This is Colin Zenshu, the podcast, episode 410 for the week of August 14th, 2016. Hello, welcome back to Kan Zenshu, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Shu. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Back at you for episode 410 right here. My name is Mike Vegito EX. It's one of those episodes where I'll set you up, knock you down, and in the middle, I got a great topic for you. This week on the show, finally, I wanted to do this for a bit, but I'm actually kind of glad that we waited out a little bit of this release before we uh, got talking about it, gave us many more examples to cite, and that is the Soshu Hen, the Digest Edition. It's a new re-release of the manga going on right now in Japan. It's only about a third of the way through the series. We're getting into the Cyan arc this month, August. Joining me to talk about it will be Julian. It's one of those topics that requires a little bit of a historical primer before we get into the actual review itself. So I'd say the topic is half part review and half part comment and there's some great examples in the mix there, Julian teases, that we uh, debuted in our 30th anniversary magazine, even though it's been a while now. That is still up. It is free. You can check it out whenever you want. We launched that in November 2014 to coincide with the manga's 30th anniversary of uh, its debut there. So between the topic here and the magazine, if you haven't read it before, there's a ton of content there. Now's the perfect opportunity to dive back and check out some of those articles, particularly the ones that Julian wrote, because they relate to the topic here. So what else? do we have going on? That is the topic this week. It's been a pretty slow news week. There's only two little tidbits of news that I'll hit up for you right here before the topic and then we'll do the topic and wrap up the show and that is the show. So with no further ado, some brief news. Last week, Jake and I talked about Dragon Ball Fusions, the latest game right now anyway, until Xenoverse 2 hits, uh, for the Dragon Ball franchise on the Nintendo 3DS in Japan. So now that it's been out for over a week, how did it do? In typical Dragon Ball game fashion, it came in as the number two game for the week in Japan. Beat out only by the new Etrian Odyssey 5 also on the 3DS. Fusions pushed, according to the media create list, 77,509 copies. And then again, it came in as the number two game of the week. For a bit of comparison, Extreme Butoden pushed 74,660 copies during its first week last year. So Fusions, as of its first week anyway here, is trending ahead of Extreme Butoden. It'll be fun to keep track of the sales as we move forward here. Really, the only other news this week, Viz seems to be keeping right now with their bi-weekly release of the Dragon Ball Super manga on their website. As of our recording and episode release right here, the latest chapter is Chapter 5, Beerus and Shampa. And unfortunately, we didn't get the colorized version of the chapter title page here. Uh, same thing happened with Chapter 1. It's a shame we can't get a nice, clean, digital, colorized version of that image. Oh, well. Chapter 5, uh, much like the previous chapter, I think it had some uh, typeset issues <laughs> upon first release, but... Viz does seem to go back and fix whatever happens there. I don't know if someone is turning on and off a layer and accidentally just hits the arrow key a few times, but that seems to be what the issue is. Presumably, this will all be fixed by the time it gets to the print release, which, as we know, is coming in May 2017. And that's the news right now. It's super off this last weekend. Uh, the news has been pretty light, so I guess we'll take it on over to our topic right now. Julian joining to talk about the So Shu Hen, the Digest edition of the manga. 
our topic this week. Been planning this for a while, and it just so happened to come together today, so that's good. It's Julian. Hey, bud. Hey. Hey, let's talk manga. You like that, right? You like the, the comic books? It's cool. Okay. Topic over. That's it? Yes. Well, you know, since I started on your site, I was in charge of the manga guide, and I kind of still do a lot of the heavy lifting there in terms of background information and and stuff. It's a more laid back role now that Heath is in charge of most of the collating and and the coding of the information. Well, the nice thing is that because you did all (laughs) the the stuff in the past, now with all these re-releases, it's kind of just rearranging again all the same information again over and over. Yeah. It was nice getting to, you know, sit at the library and go through every every, um, issue of Jump that had uh, Dragon Ball and go get the price of the issue yeah. and the date and all the information like that. And oh, and the author comments, which I also have to thank Pecking Duck for. Before it was in the 30th anniversary book that came out. I this know, year. I know. And you, you're saying all this stuff that's actually relevant to what we're going to be talking about. Because if Shueisha didn't promote this as, as if you were reading it back in the great old golden days of Jump. I mean, you you have that perspective. That's pretty great. Even though you didn't read it back then. You, right. You went back to it and tried to put yourself in that place. And so you yes. have a history with the jump releases of Dragon Ball. That's pretty cool. Yes. See also my essay in our 30th anniversary right. magazine, available for download for free on the internet. That is all true. So, Julian, we're going to talk about the latest re-release of the manga. It's crazy. We can talk about multiple re-releases of the Dragon Ball manga in Japan now. It is not the right. exclusive domain of Viz anymore. Choice it is, is not. It too. Uh, the Soshuhen. Julian, how did you decide to translate this? I translated this as digest edition uh it's something that's also used as a um for example when you're going through a tv show and they either run out of budget or they need an extra episode to pad things out they'll do a soshu hen or clip show Mm. going back over the plot of the past i don't know how long whatever they need but uh there's other ways to translate that i went with digest because um that's another possible translation i thought it fit uh with the format which is these big books of um at least 20 chapters a piece some of them i think go up to 28 or 29 i don't remember if there's any one that goes over 30 but anyway you get these big chunks of the series that you can go through all at once which is pretty nice and i thought digest felt appropriate yeah i'm looking over at the shelf here and uh we're at the point right here in august as we're recording this that legend 8 and legend 9 came out and that kicks off the cyan arc of the series so one through seven is if we're going to compare it to the TV series, because we always do at this point, that would be the Dragon Ball portion. Uh, that's the most condensed. That's even more condensed than the Kanzenban edition. We got a lot of stuff crammed together in uh, a small number of volumes here for a cheap price, too. Yeah, I mean, it's going for like um, 500 to 650 and a pop, um, which is not bad at all. I mean, you get what you pay for. It's a magazine format rather than an actual book. We like to call them mooks in the Japanese fashion. Yeah, you say that, but I mean, it's a thick spine. It it does look more like a book. And when you say magazine format, I feel like that's pretty tough to describe in our language, though. Yeah, I mean, the paper quality is better than Weekly Shonen Jump, which Mm -hmm. is good. It's more like some of the other uh, magazines that they put out um, on a slightly less uh, regular basis, like some of the special editions of that, which have better quality paper. Right. But, um, I mean, overall, it's like a magazine, but it's, you know, the big, thick... Can we still say phone book? Because phone books have been getting pretty thin <laughs> I recently. I know, right? 
Um, but yeah, it's it's big. It's, it is. It's over an inch thick from cover to cover, and it's got lots of stuff in it. Julian, why would we even need a re-release of the manga? If we go over the history of manga re-releases, the Tonkobone, the original graphic novel, if you will, the collected edition, the 42 volumes, that had been continuously in print, got new cover art, that updated neon green one. That was, what year was that? I want to say like 07, something like that? No, it was it was 09. It was like May-ish. It was just in print. It was always there. Uh, along yeah. the way, we got the Kanzenban edition. That was 02 to 04? Yeah, it's uh, end of 02 to, I think, April 04. And uh, that uh, that that is burned into our memory because of <laughs> Greg Werner's April Fool's joke. That wasn't a joke, surprise. Right, right. Uh, that was the premium re-release of the manga, uh, condensed down to 34 that, yeah. volumes, higher quality paper. Uh, real, real brief here, Julian. What were the, the key differences between the Tonkobon and the Kanzenban? Well, the Tonkobon were uh, collected volumes of the series that were published while the series was still going and slightly thereafter. Right. Uh, they were on the usual uh, Shinshoban stock, which was uh, the size is, what, 17 by 20 centimeters, roughly. Um, a little bit bigger than B6, and it's roughly 200 pages a book. All the color pages are rendered in black and white. The paper quality is better than jump, but not the greatest. Kind of thin. It turns brown after a while, mm. no matter how well you take care of it. Compared to that, the... Kanzenban, or Complete or Perfect Edition, which came out in uh, 2002 to 04, was um, sort of much more neatly compiled. It had new cover art from the author, uh, the title pages, and the um, body of the book themselves had the all the little hype text and blurbs and stuff removed that was in the magazine, and also some of which carried over to the Tanko Bone release itself. And there were also a few graphical and textual edits to try and make things more consistent as the story went along. Now, you can argue about how successful some of those were, but um, they are what they are. That sums it up. I mean, condensed, higher quality paper, you get a couple of those little extra things along the way. The, the removal of the hype text is going to come into play here with the Digest edition. So then the question remains, why a manga re-release here in 2016? The seemed it seems to have gone back to that being the primary version of the manga, hasn't it? All the guidebooks, it was yes. weird how we got Kanzenban guidebooks and then the guidebooks were referring to those volume numbers for a while and then it seemed like they referred it back to the 42. Yes, well, I think the Tanko have always been fairly popular, it's partly cheap. because you can, yeah, you can pick them up for a hundred yen a pop yeah. plus tax at, at your local used bookshop. But um, yeah, I mean, it was weird, especially in the early two thousands. They really hyped up the Kanzenban to the point where it, it was almost like this is the new yeah. standard release. And the, like you said, the um, guidebooks, Dragon Ball Forever and uh, Dragon Ball Landmark in particular, referred to those, and even some of the ones after that. Mm -hmm. But. Uh, after a while, it seemed like they revisited the Tonko Bone. Like you said, they got new cover designs, though not actual cover art, in 2009. And it felt like we sort of backtracked to those being what people were referring to as the main thing. Now, they are somewhat complementary in certain ways. I'm certainly reading them as a slightly different experience, and they cut off at different points, right. which can be really annoying if you don't have the next volume right in front of you. But that brings us to actually not even this yet, because we have something else to talk about in the interim, which is... Oh, geez, the full colors, I guess. The full color, yeah. So starting in 2013, they started putting out 
a full color re-release of the series, more condensed than the Kanzenban by a couple of chapters. Usually it was about, what, 17 chapters per volume. Missing a few more of the niceties of the original, the chapters were renumbered according to the arc, at least in the uh, print version. In the digital version, it was a different story, and the actual chapter alignment was actually different compared to the print version. So it was actually a full 42-volume release, like the original Tonkobon, even though... The print version was much more condensed. And um, the print version in particular is missing things like title pages and a lot of other stuff that people are used to, although the presentation was very nice on very nice paper and, uh, of course, all in full color. And that was put out over a couple of years in Japan, still coming out in North America through yeah, Viz. Slowly, very slowly. Slowly, slowly, but it is coming out. All right, Julian, you have to answer the question. So here we are okay. in 2016. Why a re-release of the manga? Uh, it seems like it goes back to a couple of the key points you talked about earlier. Things like hype text, uh, presenting it as it originally was in Jump. Why is this a good time for this now? Well, there's a Dragon Ball series on TV. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> People who read the series in real time are now in their 30s and 40s and ripe for nostalgia. And, um, well, why not? I think something that's really important to uh, mention about these is you call them magazine style, these MOOCs. Um, they're not available for all eternity. Uh, these are, are the not. kind of things you want to pick up uh, right away if you're even remotely interested in them. I feel like you may have missed the boat a little bit. Uh, you want to check out some sites. But, Julian, why would you be interested in these, particularly if you don't read Japanese? I mean, I guess you have to ignore that perspective. Let's assume you read Japanese. Assume you're in Japan. Uh, uh, you're okay. of that age, you're of that audience. What's the benefit to picking these up right now? I should say that uh, these are big. They are full, uh, just B5 size, which is quite substantial. It's the same dimensions as your average issue of Shonen Jump or V Jump or a lot of the other weekly magazines. And um, it's thick. It has a big chunk of the series for a relatively low price. In fact, a single volume of this with uh, over 20 chapters is the same as a print volume of the full color edition, mm. which is not bad. In fact, sometimes it's less depending on the exact length. Now, in addition to this, you also have um, all of the original color pages on some glossy paper, just like they were in Jump. Well, Almost just like, which we'll get into in a bit. But they really go to an effort to actually do all the additional coloring like they had originally in uh, Weekly Shonen Jump as it was coming out. Things that weren't in the original manuscript pages as drawn by Toriyama and which were not kept in in the Kanzenban re-release. So that's something interesting as well. And the final point, of course, is that they try as much as possible to keep all of the hype text, all of the blurbs that try to get you excited about the story intact everywhere. And um, apart from that, there are also a couple of things for perfectionists like me. For the first time in any collected re release of Dragon Ball ever, the title pages for chapters 19 and 42 are finally intact. What happened to them, and why are we upset because we reconstructed them from scratch? <laughs> oh, and also 12. Okay, so first, the ones that are easier to explain, which is chapter 19 and chapter 42. Uh, when the Tanko Bone, the original collective volumes, came out, these were used as the covers of volumes 2 and 4. And rather than simply use them inside the book as well, they sort of rearranged things, uh, gave an upper, another opportunity to use a different illustration, basically because the page counts were limited and they didn't always have the room to add in all of the additional title pages. So they figured, you know what, we'll just 
just use a different illustration so we have as much in here as possible. But then, weird thing that happened is when the Kanzenban came out, instead of restoring these title pages, as they did with most of the other ones that were not included in the Tankobon release, they just, they either left the original Tankobon title page alone, like uh, the title page for 18 got stuck with 19 in the, the collected release. And then they actually completely uh, fabricated a new title page for chapter 42 rather than going back to the original. Completely inexplicable and very strange, but it is what it is. And the release came out over 10 years ago, so I mean, we're not going to go back in time and revisit that. The other one, which you mentioned that we reconstructed from scratch, was the title page chapter 12. Now, originally this only had um, art on about half the page, and the rest was devoted to results of a contest that happened with the first five chapters where readers could vote on their favorite title page for the first five chapters. This was excluded from the collected release originally for reasons of it probably being boring, and perhaps also being because of um, privacy issues, because they had the name of one mm. of the winners on it. Okay. Uh, and this was carried over into the tongue, uh, into the Kanzenban release, where they continued to use the title page for the next chapter instead. So uh, left chapter 13 without a title page, and they just stuck that with chapter 12. Now, they got around this for the Digest edition, the Soshuhen. So they finally finally restored chapter 19 and 42 title pages in full color. And by simple trickery of um, deleting the name of the contest winner from chapter 12's title page, they added that back in as well. That's some crazy history right there. Yeah, and I feel weird just explaining it. Does, like, does that make any sense to anyone besides <laughs> the two of us? I hope so. Game? I hope so. What you can do is you can uh, head over to the manga guide uh, on Konsenshu for those uh, couple chapters. What are those numbers again? Uh, the ones to look at are chapters 12, 19, and 42. And you can uh, scroll through. We have all the individual little chapter title pages for those, so you can kind of click through and see the gallery of them and see what the differences are there. Um, so that is one good thing about the Digest edition, I suppose. Yes. So we kind of have these things uh, restored for us. Julian, I want to ask you about the hype tech stuff. There's, there's really no other way to describe these things. Yes. Um, like, look forward to next issue, what's going to happen, that kind of stuff. These are the kind of things that I feel like the question is, well, Julian, who cares? It's just a little text. It has no impact on the story. And I guess before I, I have you answer it, for me, that's the kind of thing like, well, my fan subs had the eye catches. Uh, why can't my manga have the hype text? It's just like, I want that as it originally was. Why do you have to change it kind of thing? Right. And that's not necessarily something that was drawn by the author. Uh, occasionally, he did pencil in notes, which suggests he made suggestions to mm. some of the blurbs that they used. Having uh, attended a um, museum-ish exhibit where they showed off galleries of his original manuscript illustrations. Um, but in general, um, it's fun. I mean... It sort of gets you in the mood for the chapter. You're, you're thinking, what's going to happen next? It's those little things. You feel like it brings you back to that time despite never having been there? In a way, yeah. It's it's kind of fun. And there's a little tiny preview that gives you a hint as to what's to ha going to happen in the next chapter at the very end. You kind of wonder how uh, how much the author was thinking in detail about yeah. that. But it's um, it's interesting. For example, I'm just looking at the um, the end of uh, chapter 196 right here, and they're saying, uh, in issue 47, who is this man who has a tail? There is something frightening, mm. and it's Goku's father. is the is the title they give for the next chapter, um, which is obviously not the title that actually happened, which is Goku's or Son Goku's past, which is a chapter. 197 title page. Right. So you're wondering 
was Toriyama planning on doing Goku's father? Is it just the editors going off what they assumed to be going to happen next? Mm. You know? It's all this historical things that intrigue me in a way, but it's fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, it, I think the way it interplays with the art in a lot of these examples is really cool. I mean, in general, uh, Toriyama himself has a, a very good knack for uh, doing a, a balance of black and white. But then you have this very stark text, which is announcing something, you know, yeah. what is going to happen. And it's, it's very big and bold and cool. I like it. Let's talk a little bit about uh, fakeries here, because uh, you mentioned a couple things in the Kanzenban, things that have happened with title pages. What uh, yes. fakeries have you noticed going on with the Digest edition? Okay, so let's get down to things here. In spite of them really hyping this up as being like uh, reading it originally in Weekly Shonen Jump, uh, the graphics and the text are all based on the Kanzenban. So that means that certain things that were originally present in the original serialization, and also some things that also made it into the original collected release, uh, have been altered. Uh, some of the things that I can easily pick out from the first few volumes, uh, for example, when Goku is riding off uh, back to his house after the group breaks up for the first time, he is in one scene uh, wearing Oolong's pants, in this version where originally the author messed up and had him still either wearing the or his uh, training gear before he puts it on or just simply forgot to color it in. Oh, okay. That's one thing that stands out. Another thing is during the tournament, there's a scene where Kuririn is wearing his monk's robes and yet uh, there's a turtle emblem on his his uh, chest, which was taken out for the Kanzenban. This is also not present here. Um, certain other things, uh, since I'm holding the Cyan Arc, the famous welcome sign at the uh, gates of the afterlife. Mm -hmm. uh, they have the second L deleted out of there. Uh, well, since you're in that volume right there, uh, one of my big questions would be, is mine hasn't come in, I have eight and nine coming together later this month. Uh, how old is Gohan in that chapter? Four. Four years old. All right, then. Yes. So we should say that um, in his very first appearance, Son Gohan clearly says that he is three years old. But, or the title page of the very next chapter, he says he's four. It's one of those mystery conundrums. What happened in between chapters? Did his editor come down on him and go, you can't have a kid that young getting hit? But I already said it was only five years later. Right. Well, make him four. There's only so far to go at that point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what other stuff have you noticed? Yes. Uh, well, when uh, Gohan and Kuririn meet up again after the training during the Saiyan arc, they have this exchange when they uh, meet back up. And in the original Shonen Jump serialization, it's worded in a way that implies that they've never met before, even though they kind of have. And so this was actually changed for the initial collected release, and it's also changed here. I don't remember the exact dialogue because it's not in front of me, but if you go to the chapter page for the chapter where this happens, you um, can see the original exchange, which I transcribed and also translated. It's 243. That's the name. That's the number of the chapter. Okay. So... I think I think the exchange is something like uh, Gohan says, "Oh, uh, my dad told me a lot about you," and Kuririn says, "Oh, I, well, I didn't say anything about me having a pinball head, did he?" Going back to a joke that Goku makes the first time that they met, gotcha. Which is a kind of a cool reference, but it completely ignores the fact that the two of them have interacted before. So it's actually changed to something um, else in the initial collected version, and it's still changed here. Gotcha. But the big thing that really annoyed me, there's actually two. Okay. First of all, uh, I should say that for the Kanzenban release in uh, 2002 to 2004, there were two chapters where it seems as though the original color manuscripts for title pages were lost. 
So they were digitally redrawn. One of them is chapter 5, the chapter where they first meet Oolong, and the other is chapter 86, where um, Tao Pai Pai has his confrontation with Song Goku. And um, these were pretty obviously redrawn in the, in the Kanzenban, and they continue to be the redrawn versions here. The version for chapter 86 is not quite as noticeable, but because it's also been shaded to more closely match the original title page as it appeared in Jump, but the version for chapter 5 is pretty blatantly the Kanzenban version because it it's a pretty distinct style that's way different from the way he actually drew in 1984. Mm, yeah, yeah, that'd be noticeable, sure. And uh, also Bulma does not have the cigarette, which is not actually a cigarette, which there's a story about that, which you can also check out in the 30th anniversary magazine. But um, at any rate, it was one of those little things that really bugged me because come on. If you're going to be going back to the magazine for all this other stuff, why don't you just scan the page and clean it up? It's not hard. We can do that. <laughs> we can and we have. Yeah, sure. I mean, and the other thing that really bugs me is um, is uh, Pilaf's lackeys, their names. When he's first introduced uh, in chapter 18, yeah. Mai calls him on over the radio. Or is, it, or is it Pilaf who calls him over the radio? But regardless, he's referred to as Soba. Right. When the three characters reappear at the end of the Red Ribbon arc, it's after the debut of the TV series where they are known as Shu and Mai. But uh, in the original comics, uh, Toriyama actually goes with the TV adaptation from that point on and calls them Shu and Mai to match. But in the Kanzenban, you know, uh, in 2003 is when that volume came out, uh, they decided to fix this mistake and uh, rename Shu to Soba to match his original appearance. Well, that's all well and good for consistency, except it completely ignores the pun that the two henchmen create together. And it's also just really weird because Shu is the name that most fans know him by, so why wouldn't they go with that instead? It's one of the other changes that has carried over to the Digest edition. So in, in spite of it being billed as reading it as though you're reading the original Jump, it's not perfect so let me ask you this is this mm -hmm. the best they can be expected to do uh some of those items materials lost to time just can't be reconstructed uh things like shoe it's like well that's that's just what it is now so just go with it how much do you think they should be expected to go back uh to all this original original stuff well if they're going to be you know reconstructing other title pages to closely match yeah. you know the the way they originally appeared well why not if they're going to be going Going to that effort, then it's not that much more effort. I wonder if this is similar to some of the stuff Viz has going on, where it's just been with the company for so long and has gone through so many people. Uh, you kind of need a singular expert on staff that would know this stuff. They're probably just going to their most recent masters and anything they may happen to know or have read about themselves. Well, that's the thing. And I think the big issue is that the Kanzenban is where everything was for the first time uh, digitally scanned and yeah. typeset. Right. Where before everything was done probably uh, through photo typesetting, which was the main standard in the 80s. It's really, really annoying because there's all these, like there's timelines in here that give 
main milestones of the series in both comics, animation, and merchandise. Little uh, historical tidbits uh, about what was popular during that time and where certain things show up and Toriyama's other works. There, uh, Certain of the volumes include bonuses about uh, Toriyama's original sketches for locations and characters that are culled from multiple sources over the years. Multiple guidebooks where they would have had to look for these things specifically, as well as a few things that I don't think I've ever seen before, which may be an oversight of mine, but it feels like, well, maybe they've had to go back to the author even for a few of these things. Interesting. Uh, so if they're going to go that far to ape the original experience, then why not? I mean, it's the kind of thing that only really devoted people like me would notice, but I noticed. I'm watching you. <laughs> we should expect better. Is it impossible to make you happy? Possibly, but I think they could have done a little bit more to try. I think that is the perfect Julian answer to something like that. Uh, well, then let's wrap it up with that question again. Uh, who should be interested in this Digest edition? Again, assuming you can read Japanese, you're interested in, maybe in just collecting it. Um, what's the pull here? Uh, well, people who want to read the series at a large size with a lot of pages at a clip, so you can get through a big chunk of the series in a sitting and also uh, enjoy the art because it's really cool to look at. I've actually picked up a few details that are just impossible to see at the size it's usually printed at. Yeah. And also, the original jump serialization was often printed so poorly that you couldn't make out a lot of the details either. Yeah, for sure. So there's a lot of little things that I picked up on here that I haven't seen before, which is pretty cool. But apart from that, um, you know, you get all the color pages. You finally have all the title pages there, even if some of them are sort of reproductions rather than originals. You know, you get to experience not exactly jump, because after all, you did have to wait a week in between chapters if you were <laughs> right. actually reading along like everybody else. But... Yeah, it, it is very much like you're holding the product of someone who decided to sta staple multiple issues together, in, in the manner of speaking. And I think there are people who actually did that in lieu of buying the comics over again. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, the thing you mentioned there, the art, that's the pull for me, is these are really nice-sized, uh, the paper quality is more than adequate for something like this. It's great to sit back and have some really nice, detailed, high-quality artwork, especially with those color pages. It's it's just a great breeze flipping through and just paying attention to the artwork more so than the story. I think that's the great thing for me, not being able to really read it in Japanese. This Digest edition in particular really forces me to analyze and really take in the artwork. And um, I'm grateful for that opportunity, I think. Yeah, I mean, it really puts a spotlight on the on the artwork, which is really well done. I mean, the author himself mentioned mentions that he was trying to go for something loose and light compared to Dr. Slump, which was often really, really intensely detailed when he was on, you know. Yeah. But he he has just the right amount of detail. He always has a very good eye for balance between dark and light. And, you know, he does most of his work without the use of screen tone, uh, mostly because he couldn't be bothered <laughs> right. pasting it onto the page. It's but a also, practical he reason. But he also really doesn't need it because he knows how to get the most out of the page without it. Yeah, Torium is framing his sense of perspective. Everything in his artwork is, it truly is amazing if you go back and look at it from an artistic perspective and not just, man, I love these characters, I love these stories. Sit and stare at these panels and the way he constructs panels and how a panel flows into the next and how they're laid out on the page. He's doing stuff that is really original to him. 
system. And it's uh, it's a beautiful way to check this stuff out. So that's my recommendation there. My only concern yeah. is the amount of space it's taking up on the shelves. Yeah, it, it, it's big. Um, but, I mean, it's smaller than a comparable amount of chapters in multiple books. Right. If you think about it that way. It still takes up less space horizontally than um, any of the other releases. Just vertically, you need a little bit of space. If you've got, like, foot-high shelves, that should do the trick. Uh, but, yeah, I, I feel like uh, I might have given the impression that I'm getting down on this, but I think they're actually really cool. And as a compliment to the other releases especially, uh, it's certainly the closest thing to the uh, original release that you're going to get without buying lots and lots and lots of copies of Weekly Shonen Jump secondhand. So, Which you also have familiarity with. That That is true, yes. <laughs> I, I, I send them all to Heath. How's that search for uh, 1984 number 51 going? No luck so far, but <laughs> I'm still looking. Well, Julian, that is our look. I don't know if that's a review or an analysis or just a basic commentary. Maybe it's all those things. I don't know. I, I feel like I always end up doing these weird freeform things. That's fine. You know, we got some history there. We got some uh, uh, reviewing going on. That's It's everything I want in our show. That is the So Shuhen, the digest edition of the Dragon Ball manga uh, coming out now. Volumes under the name of Legend. So Legend 1 through how many are we going to get in the end? Do we know? I think I've heard 18 Okay, for the entire series, which makes right about, I think that sounds about right. Because uh, through Legend 7 was the uh, 23rd Budokai and that was up through volume 13 of the Kanzenban. Yeah. So if there was 34 of that, then 18 sounds about right for the series in this format all right we'll look forward to that right now as uh our recording legend eight just came out legend nine is coming later this month the normal schedule is the second and fourth friday of each month julian like you said we're looking at somewhere between 500 and 650 yen per volume so it's like five or six bucks a volume uh this is the thing though these mooks you gotta buy them when they come out if you want them so make sure you get those pre-orders in Uh, i've been buying them two or three at a time yeah sometimes they get reprints but you're never quite sure, so you might as well get them while they're available. That's right. One Piece fans are lucky because they've gotten multiple reprints of their Digest editions. Oh, nice. Which I should add are also uh, much less Jump-esque in that they mainly just have all of the color title pages and such. Mm-hmm. But uh, they do have some nice bonuses like extra comics that I, I'm sure the author would probably doesn't want to be bothered to draw for this version. But, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know. But anyway. That's going to wrap it up. Julian, thank you much, sir. It's my pleasure. All right. We will talk to you again soon. All right. Talk to you later. And that is going to be our episode for the week. Glad you could join us. Glad Julian could join in for that So Shu Hen topic, the Digest Edition topic. Been wanting to do that for a bit. Like I said earlier this episode, though, uh, I'm kind of glad we waited for a good uh, half dozen volumes or so to come out before we talked about it. Got some great examples there. Some really neat historical tidbits that, of course, only Julian can deliver. Kind of stuff you are pretty much exclusively getting from us. That makes me pretty excited, pretty happy, pretty content with myself. Ain't gonna lie. So what can I tease for you for the rest of August here at Konzenshu? I have a project I've been talking about for a little bit. If you're following along with me on Twitter, EX, probably seeing some teases of it lately over the last couple of weeks. I am hoping to launch it this month. Uh, it's going to be a, a good amount of work left for me. All the heavy lifting is done at this point. It's just the grunt work that I got to go through. I'm hoping I can knock that out this month. That'll have a lot of great things to finally be able to cite on an actual page on Konzenshu. 
sends you. Fact-checked and sourced, 100% confirmed A++. Other than that, Heath is plugging away at another guide that we've, again, been trying to launch for... Let me see here. Three years now that we've been trying to do this one. We'll see. We'll see if that one can launch at some point in the near future as well. And there's all the usual day to day stuff we got going on, plugging away at existing guides, keeping up with the news. That is Konzenshu. www.kanzenshu.com. That is Konzenshu.com. You can find Konzenshu in all the usual social media places Twitter, where we're most active, but also Facebook and Instagram. And- and Tumblr, all those places. Look up Konzenshu. We will see you there. So with that being said, I have been Mike Vegito EX. Thanks to Julian for joining us. We also got a Heath. We also got a Jake. We will see you very soon for another episode for 11 of our podcast. Until then, check you later. It's two hundred and forty three.